Hello and welcome back to another episode of Earspace. Happy Thursday. Happy whatever day it is that you're listening. But if it's today, it's a Thursday. Hope your uh, October is going well. Gearing up for Halloween here. Um, we are going to be doing a, a special Halloween episode. Uh, it's going to come out on Friday the 29th. It's going to be an episode of Fear Space. Get it? Like ear space, but fear space. Thought that was pretty clever. On uh, on today's episode, we get to know Isaac Etter. We talked about drinking culture, activism, um, adoption, racism, organized religion. Bunch of interesting stuff in this one. I'm sure you all will enjoy it. Definitely some good takeaways. The, uh, the song used on this episode is a fun little beat I cooked up a couple of days ago titled Mini Mrs. Moses. You can find this beat for free download at rock10productions.com. That's R-O-K-1-0 productions.com. If you're looking for any recording, mixing, or mastering time for your audio project, shoot us an email and we can set up a session. With all that out of the way, I hope y'all enjoy my conversation with Isaac Etter. Don't want to come Check, check. Yo, you hear me? Gotcha. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Earspace. Happy whatever day it is that we put this episode out. Hope everything is going fantastic. On today's podcast, we are joined by... Oh, Isaac Etter. What's up, man? Hey, what's happening? Nice to officially (laughs) meet you. I I ran into you um, at the uh, uh, Tyrion Mac... Open yes. mic or not open mic? Uh, uh, album release. Album release party where I met a bunch of other people that are uh, going to be on the podcast here. Yeah. It was a great well. party. Hell yeah, I had a great time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Definitely, I remember it was half price whiskey, yeah. and I was drinking some whiskey, so I don't remember much about what we talked about there, <laughs> which is perfect for getting to know you here. Yeah, man, that was a crazy night. Yeah. Everybody was having having a ball. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, the music was good. Everybody, yeah. The energy was amazing that night. Definitely. I just feel definitely. like people were there. They were vibing. There was a ton of musicians, too. Hell yeah. So, so like, what what brought you there? Are You you make music oh, as well? or? Nah, I don't make music. I, I mean, back in the day, I didn't make rap music. I made, like, singer-songwriter stuff. But gotcha. that's way back in the day yeah. for me. Um, but nah, Tarion's a friend. Dominique's a good friend. Yeah. Um, you know, Laddie, I know a bunch of those guys and gotcha. then like Kirsten's like one of my best friends. And Hell so yeah. like we always pop out to stuff like that together and I was just there just supporting. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, yeah. man. That's awesome. So, uh, you said singer songwriter stuff. Did you play like the guitar by chance or? Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Very typical, like yeah. high school kind of like acoustic guitar guy. Yeah. That was oddly enough me. I don't feel like I present that at all anymore. But I was very much so like the guy around the campfire yeah. with an acoustic guitar, That's like awesome. all throughout growing up. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, so I made like really like city and color esque mm, okay. uh, singer songwriter stuff like all throughout like high school. Yeah, um, and I love that kind of music. I still like I don't play really anymore. Mm. I kind of wish I did. Uh, Why'd but, you stop? You know, I went to oh gosh, why I stopped is such a longer story. Um, you got all the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was deep, deep into music. Like I thought, like for sure, I either wanted to song write as like a career, or I wanted to like play music as a career going into college and uh, I'm adopted. So I have a white family and uh, I was like, just kind of learning about like race in the world, mm. like experiencing like stuff like racism for the first time uh, in college and things like that. Um, and I really thought that I wanted to be a, like going to music business. Like I said, song, right. Um, maybe manage bands or, or play myself. Um, but I was experiencing like all this stuff for the first time in college um simultaneously like learning about like activism work and what that meant and so i went to this very christian college mm. um and they call it outreach so okay. you know christians would call like so any social justice kind of thing uh, outreach work and so this gap year program that i was in for college uh they took us to this church where we did like a week of outreach work and they took us to like sexual assault clinics uh, they talked to us about like homelessness. They talked to us about like, just like a bunch of different social issues. Right, right. And I just remember like during that trip, my whole life just changed. Right. I was like, there's something here. Like there's something about this that just lights me up in a way that oddly enough, music never did, even though I thought nothing could be better than performing. I get that. You know what I mean? You found something that a lot more important, if you will. Yeah. Or, like something like. I think not yeah. even more important in like the grand scheme of things, important yeah. to me. Yeah, right, right. Like right. I think musicians heal and do amazing work like yeah. music has saved my life more times than i can even count um but it was there was something i remember it was like a heartburn kind of feeling mm. didn't even really know what i was gonna do in activism but i knew that i was i, I was supposed to change this direction yeah you know i'm I'm still super young you know I'm, i think i'm 17 at the time okay um during my first year of college and uh yeah just total switch you know i've been playing guitar and writing songs since i was like eight yeah. Um, that's always something that I thought I wanted to do. And uh, I just took this kind of pivot and it led me down like this really cool road um, of just learning more about more about social issues. I'm also just like experiencing having to teach my own family about racism. Right. Mm. I come from this, you know, conservative white family um, and they've done amazing work over the last years. And I and I they've loved their support. And I, I know that they are actually like, you know, relevant and they're not uh, still as maybe uh, bias or ignorant as they were years ago. Mm. Um, like they've really done a good job of learning about issues and supporting me. Um, but during this time, they really weren't, you know, gotcha. we're talking like five, six years ago. Um, and that battle was really hard for me to try to have to teach them about racism while also trying to figure out myself. Right. Um, and so I ended up like dropping out of college and moving to Georgia. Um, and that's really where like, I'd say like my activist career kind of like really started. Yeah. I was working as a janitor at an inner city school. It's my first kind of entrance into like doing uh, low income education work. Okay. Um, and yeah, that was kind of the start of my own like unique, not only like identity journey, but like just my own unique career as like an activist and working at like after school programs and now uh, working heavily in adoption. And gotcha. so it's like that, that whole season of life just shifted me so dramatically right, from right. music opened your eyes yeah. to a whole new thing it was really weird it was yeah. such a dramatic shift from music that it was like my whole world was one thing one day and right. my whole world was another thing the next right 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 and sometimes when i think back on it it's crazier to me now yeah um than it seems like on my day-to-day -day. right right 
Yeah. Um, if you want to like go back a little bit, I wanted to unpack uh, something that you said in the beginning. Um, you said in college, was it that you yeah. had your first experience with racism? Yeah. What was that like? So yeah, and and I would say my first. I'm sure I experienced racism without but, knowing like, being it. aware of it. Yeah, being aware of it. I'm sure growing up. I mean, I can't even think back to like small things, but um, you know, my parents, you know, never really talked to me about race or mm. racism or anything like that. And so I actually learned about racism on the internet about a year before I went to college. Um, and like I was on Tumblr. I don't know if you were a Tumblr guy, dude. I was a heavy, I, I missed out on Tumblr. Really? Okay. Yeah, I was a heavy yeah, Tumblr yeah, kid. Yeah. Like very emo in, in my yeah, room on yeah. Tumblr for hours. Um, I came across this hashtag one day. It was called Blackout Day. Yeah. Um, it's something people were doing. I think it's like 2014. Um, they were doing it, you know, in college in solidarity with Black Lives Lost by Police. Um, and I remember like I had just never heard of this. And so I'm not only scrolling through like that, but I'm scrolling through like um, videos of like cops harassing like black people, uh, all these articles, all these little things, you know, this kind of like fuck white people mentality yeah. that I had just like never, ever come across in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. I come, you know, the black people that I knew were also adopted. Mm. And so it's like we were all like right here. We gotcha. knew white people. That's that was it. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, just a real eye opener, a real shocker, and also something that I didn't really know what to do with. Mm. Um, and then, like right before I went to college um, in like June, um, the night I turned seventeen, actually, because I graduated just slightly before I turned seventeen. And then that night, uh, me and my friends were walking late at night, um, and you know, I live in like a more rural area—not super rural, but it's out there. Um, we were walking down this hill at like probably like ten, eleven o'clock at night. Um, and this cop car comes to the top of it. And so we start running. And mm. while we're running, one of my friends says, it's all right, Isaac's the only one that's going to get in trouble. And I just remember, like, after this year of being on Tumblr, this yeah. year of reading about this stuff, not even really understanding whether it was true or not, mm. it just clicked for me right there. Mm. I was like, all the, this, these guys are like 17, 16, like we're all in the same age range. And we were all homeschooled together. It's like we were, we all did this. And I was like, if all of these people knew this and I just was the only one who didn't know, it's like, this is obviously like a real thing. Mm. Um, and so that's how I like went to college was like, gotcha. okay, world's different than I thought it would be. And right. then I get to like extremely like, you know, white and conservative college, like Lancaster Bible College. Like that's mm. where I went. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, it was, you know, it was kind of game over as soon as you walk in the door. Mm. Um, how so? Know. I just think that people... Like, one, the type of people that go to LBC are people who come from, like, mostly, like, ultra kind of conservative families. Okay. Um, And so, like, that's one is, like, I didn't, this didn't, nobody ever said this to me, though I'm sure it was the case. But, like, a lot of my other black friends at the school, um, the, like, 10, 15 of us that there were, like, a lot of them would say that they would, like, meet friends in their classes who would like be like, oh, you're the first black person I've ever met. Oh, okay, gotcha. In like yeah, that kind of right. mentality. Like very insular. Yeah, they very insular. From, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Not seeing yeah. people and shit. And me, like, <laughs> like other than my gap year program, like I wasn't really out at LBC making friends. You know yeah. what I mean? I grew up in Lancaster. Yeah. I had like my friends from my gap year program. Like I knew a couple like these black friends that I had made in college. Yeah. I wasn't super concerned with meeting a bunch of like people in my class. And so I just didn't have some of the crazier experiences. The crazy experiences that I had 
would all be like with like teachers putting me on the spot. So mm. like I was in college when the Kaepernick thing was big. Yeah. And so like I remember I was in like one of my English classes and bro, the teacher was like, yo, does anybody want to talk about uh the Kaepernick thing? Because they were talking about like popular articles. We were supposed to break them down. Yeah, yeah. And bro, I remember I used to, first of all, I used to not pay attention to your class. I used to like journal through class and like just do other shit. Yeah. Um, and I remember I just like, I could hear what she said, and I just, like, stuck my face so far down. Mm. I was like, please do not call on me. So nobody says anything for, like, two minutes. And then she's like, like I was like, why don't you give us the rundown on this? Gotcha. And I'm like, come on, man. Right, right, like, right. why me? Right. Uh, one time, this uh, this guy on the baseball team, I, I walked in on a conversation about whether – the n-word was the same as like cracker mm. um and so like i also i walk in on this conversation probably when it's about a third into it so i'm sitting down at like like the conversation's happening like it have a conversation happening at least two feet away from me right and mm. so like i'm at the, kind of like the other end of the table um because i realize people can't see me um and like immediately i get brought into this conversation it's like isaac is like cracker the same as the n-word first of all everybody at this table is saying the word cracker and not yeah. the n-word yeah, 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 so right, it's very right. evident like, are yeah. you, <laughs> what, like why, why why is like why is, why is the debate even happening yeah yeah and so i'm like like hey guys like just so you know this does not seem the same yeah. just so you know like i don't think it's the same yo this baseball to, ball player proceeds to like get up and yell at me for like a solid like two minutes for having an opinion that differed from yeah, his for having an opinion and like for basically saying that he couldn't call black people the n-word like yeah. he his debate was that he should be able to call black people the n-word anytime they call them cracker like that was the basis of his debate hmm. and so he was extremely mad that yeah. i a black person would say that's not okay. yeah right 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 um and so that's like the kind of stuff like just little Sheesh. stuff like that was happening yeah. so relevant like his brother like came and apologized to me like i w- actually went to do like a third workout for the day because i was like well that was traumatic yeah that's uh <laughs> to, of all things to get really hype on trying yeah. to defend and so i go in uh i go do my third <laughs> workout and his brother like finds me and says, hey man like i'm really sorry for my yeah. brother i'm like yeah okay you yeah. know what are, what are you supposed to do right uh, and not to mention like my family, like this whole, this whole thing is happening at college. And I'm also like talking about racism, like with my, like on Facebook or like with my family. Yeah. yeah. My family is having no understanding. Mm. So it's also like my family's like asking me really tough and kind of ignorant questions. Gotcha. And then, uh, a bunch of like our church community, like the church that I grew up in, uh, they had all seen the stuff that I had posted on Facebook. So they were like calling my parents, like asking what was going on with me. Mm. And so I have like this, it's actually really wild. I just had this like multi-level collapse happening in around me. Yeah. And so I was just like, fuck it. Like I got to get out of here. And that's why right. I moved to Georgia. I was right, like, you right, know, right. this is, this is not it. Right. So how old, you were like around 17, 18 ish when you went to Georgia or was this I was later? 18 when I went to Georgia. Gotcha. So 17, um, I did a year and a half at LBC. So gotcha. I did my first year, which was mostly my gap year program. We got credits, so we were like in the LBC classes yeah. and like in the part of the system, but we weren't like fully into it because we traveled gotcha. a lot and did stuff. But right. it was still like a Christian, heavily Christian program. Right, right, right. So it wasn't until my first semester, like actually a full student, okay, um, that I'd say stuff got exaggerated. Like right. that first year, I kind of had like a little bit of a like buffer. Yeah, shit still happened, but it was like buffered. Then that fir- that semester where I was like living in the dorms with them and not my program anymore, mm-hmm. it was like whoa, yeah, this got wild. Yeah, yeah. And then I was I was eighteen then. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And when you went to Georgia, was it is it still in uh 
like a Christian college, or did you just go to? Did you hear that? I heard something. The building's falling apart. Damn. <laughs> uh, was right. it? Was it like a? Was it still a, a like a Christian? Uh, college or you just go somewhere else no so it was a christian environment i will say that uh i didn't go back to the school there i just we had a family friend that lived there oh gosh you just like went to georgia i just went understood understood yeah yeah we just had a family friend there and he was a pastor at this church where they hosted like this school for like inner city kids in the area yeah and like he had mentioned like in passing like i think this like past like the summer before this or Maybe even like two years ago, like he just mentioned at some point to me, like, "Oh, if this is ever of interest. Like, you might have fun like doing something with the school." Yeah. And so, like, you know, when I'm looking for an escape route out of Lancaster, that just pops into my head, and I'm like, "All right, well, let's see if that can work." Right. Um. And so I did. You know, that's that's the janitor days. Gotcha. Early days of just like reading books. Yeah. About race and just like trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out myself. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out like who I was as a black person because yeah. that's like a really confusing thing when you have like a white family mm. and you're experiencing racism like simultaneously. It's like, oh, I have this white family, and then I go to college, it's like all this racism. I'm like, whoa, this is a lot to deal with because right. I grew up around you guys right. for like you know 16, 17 years, yeah, and this didn't happen. Where, what's like your your family's like background? Where are they from? Uh, my family. So my mom is from Virginia. My dad's from West Virginia. Okay. Um, and so we were in, I was adopted in Virginia and then we moved here for my dad to teach at a school here. Yeah. And so like, you know, mostly just like, you know, my, my family is like super Christian, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. I have nothing against like Christianity. Um, but you know, as most people know, the basis of a lot of Christian theology is rooted in like a lot of racism. Mm. And also, like a lot of Christian environments. I'm not, I'm not a hip man. Really? No. Okay. I really don't know too much about <clears throat> religion in general yeah um I, i've told the story before the podcast um at greater length but i was raised in uh like a serbian orthodox church oh, word. but everything was in serbian and i didn't know how to speak serbian my what? mom's side of the family is from like fresh like serbian you know wow and i didn't learn the language so the only connection i had to like all the services and, and all the activities and all that was the music Okay. Like all the songs and whatnot. I was like, I don't know what they're saying, but I can like, this makes me feel some type of way. You know what I mean? And yeah. then like, uh, there wasn't really ever like a big effort for me to learn the language either from myself or from like, uh, my mom's like, she was, I don't really remember if it was ever like, Byron, do you want to like learn Serbian or like, was it, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. like my, my dad's side of the family is like just fucking classic European, whatever the fuck, like interesting mix of a whole bunch of different things right super not involved in serbian stuff at all so it was like you know it wasn't really like an everyday thing but it was like every sunday and then you know we'd go like see my my serbian relatives and whatnot everyone would be speaking serbian i would just be like what's up like you know um but then as like time goes on like i just i never really like i went to some like uh it's it's embarrassing to say now, but I remember there was a girl that I had a crush on in middle school, and she was like, well, let's go on a date to, like, my um, church service thing. Yeah. And I was like, right on. <laughs> so I went there, like, in the pursuit of ulterior things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, didn't really, like, retain any information right. that, and, you know what I mean? And then just, like, kind of was, like, on my own way, you know? Um, but I just did a podcast that came out a couple of days ago from the time that we are recording this with these two uh, gentlemen from the Church of 
Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. No way. Never knew anything about that world. They were wow. telling me a bunch of stuff. And, like, you know, and independently I've done a lot of research on, you know, yeah. uh, classic, like, Christianity and Judaism and, and different world religions and trying to, like, understand it all or whatever. But to, to be blatantly honest, like, I really don't know too much no. about the core elements of any of these religions because I just, yeah. you know, I, I don't know, like... I I would say that in my inner being, I believe in a higher power or whatever. Yeah. I don't really know the specifics of what I believe, even. Yeah, that was actually my question. You know, like, but where where do you what do you think you believe? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I I question it constantly. Yeah, well, even you know? growing up Christian and going yeah. to these Christian colleges and then yeah. not being a Christian, like that's where I'm at. That's right. where I'm at now too. Is like a I'm just always like questioning everything, right? Because I mean, I wanted to ask yeah. you, like, like, are you like still like an active member in the church, or like, nah. where's your mind at with that? No, I mean, I'm not anti-Christianity. I think yeah. I'm just not Christian. It's just yeah. like it's the the church itself. I don't mess with. Like, gotcha. I don't mess with the history. I don't mess with like the current things. Like, yeah, it's just not. It's not at all for me reminiscent of the Bible. Gotcha. And then the Bible also has its own interesting problematic things. Right. And so it's like. Not really sure how much I'm messing with any of this. I do believe in something like a God, maybe. Yeah. Um, but you know, Christianity's influence, um, especially in my life and so many of my other friends who grew up and now have kind of are sitting at the same place. Yeah. It's like it has this interesting like stronghold on you because you grew up being told like if you do this, 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 you're gonna go to hell. Right. And so right. it's like some of us will be out here like living life and doing a lot of those things that we're told are going to get us yeah. into hell. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be like, am I going to go to hell? Like we'll, we'll, right. we'll be together. And like when we can be honest with each other, like, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. you know, we don't believe that, but we might go to hell. Right. Right. It's like, it's so confusing. You don't know where to sit because you don't want to believe it. Cause it seems ludicrous. Right. 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 right it's right. like, I'm sorry. I kissed a man. I'm going to go to hell now. Yeah. Like, that seems ludicross. Yeah. Like there's no like yeah. logistics to that. To, no. To me and to a lot of other people that think about it and question it. The the one, yeah. the one little part of me that's like still in the back of my mind, <laughs> like, okay, well like how can I hedge my bets? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like, you know, uh, uh, Genghis Khan, um, yeah. and his like, uh, he, his empire of, atrocities and horrible things and whatnot one thing that they did that was i always found fascinating was like um he had uh uh like leaders of all these different religions that would yeah. pray for them in battle because like he was like well one of y'all are probably right yeah. you, know, you know what i mean <laughs> and like that concept has yeah. always stuck with me is like it's this fantastic you know this horrible horrible conqueror of rape and genocide and mass murder and, and brutal all this crazy shit and and then that part, it's like, oh well, that's actually a very rational thought. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know? a really thoughtful thing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, wow. I you see, like, constantly. Um, I mean, I guess you could say that I'm kind of in that world now, where it's like I'm looking at all these different um, organizations, all these different religions, and I'm kind of picking and choosing things I like. But then I understand also that's kind of disingenuous, because if yeah. I'm just going to go around and pick the things that I like, I'm ignoring possibly the negative sides of all right. these other things. And if one of the things is right, then you'd have to assume that the negative side of it is also right or, or correct yeah, or accurate right. or whatever. So now I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man. I think all religion comes stems from the, like, it's trying to answer an unanswerable question yeah, is what exactly. happens to you after you die? Yes. So then, yeah. like, and then I 
extrapolated out from that and i'm like well what does science know or what does this know and like nobody fucking knows anything man right it's exactly. all just like kind of accepting the fact that it's like oh we're just gonna you know start a podcast and go to work and do good things <laughs> and make everybody happy but like we're all gonna die someday yeah. nobody knows what happens after that so let's just distract ourselves yeah with you know netflix and, and yeah. you know i mean that's all i don't want to get like negative on it because i don't yeah. i don't see it as a negative thing at all right like it's, i accept that death comes for all of us and there's nothing yeah. we can do about it and what you believe that makes you comfortable with that on an individual basis i think should yeah. be whatever makes you comfortable you know no, i think you're totally right it's like but, that's usually why i don't get too like strung up on any person's belief like no matter yeah. what kind of beef i have with theologies yeah i'm never like you shouldn't believe that. Right. You know what I mean? Unless they really, like, unless it's like something like, you know, yeah. cult leaders who right. kill you kind of vibe. Right. But like, it's like, I don't, I don't care if people are Christian. I don't care if people are Jewish. Like, I don't yeah. care if people, you know, believe in Buddha. It's just like, you know, you got to, I think more than anything in life, figure out what gives you the motivation to keep going. Right. Right. And for a lot of people, especially a lot of people that I know, a lot of people I grew up with, like the thought of debt, death can loom in a way that can be paralyzing mm. and so sometimes religion is the freedom to live because you know in a sense you kind of have this guide for how to live and that gives you the hope to do it right and uh i think it's interesting i think that there could be a lot of studies done on why some people need to be guided by religion and why other people don't because i do think that if you look at it if you look at the diehard people who are like diehard from like early ages. Like I have friends that were like heavy Christians when they were yeah. five and they're, they're heavy Christians now. Yeah. Um, and if, I think if we looked into what that is, we wouldn't necessarily find like a spiritual thing. Mm. We might just find a psycho psychological thing, which is that like some people, this is actually this, this makes, this is the cognitive thing that makes sense to them. Right. It's like, I live for this purpose. Boom easy enough yeah and now i now i have my roadmap to thrive right. and you can thrive sometimes people thrive in any lane from that but that becomes their basis of right. of their thriving um and yeah i think that can in and of itself be a beautiful thing mm. um because the closer we get to understanding ourselves i think the happier we are definitely definitely yeah. i mean like it, it's it's one thing something that I, I still kind of like within that world something i struggle with constantly though is like i would like to assume that everyone thinks that they're doing what they think is right even if yeah. what they are doing is actively fucking up other people yeah like i would like to hope that like the crazy like i forget what the uh what's it called like the classic go-to church organization that's like we can all agree is horrible um they do the they protest like funerals and uh the westboro baptist church oh, are you familiar that, with them they do like oh, the god gosh, hates uh they design stuff yeah. yeah 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 um they they suck right yeah. <laughs> like we, we can all, i think everyone like knows that right but like part of me thinks that it's like okay well like as a human being to try to rationalize what you're doing like i would like to think that even those people are like well we're trying to help other people yeah but like you're not you're not you're going around yeah. it the wrong way or whatever but it's it's like i guess what i'm trying to say is like I, I i'd like to think that even the worst like indoctrinated religions and whatnot think that they're doing good oh, and, yeah. you know and it's, it's like how do you yeah. on from an outside perspective if it's 
like if it's it, it's wrong yeah how do you try to talk to those people because they think that they're doing the good thing but then it makes you yeah. think if you're gonna look at it objectively like uh like what what if i'm wrong yeah and then it leads you down this horrible path of like not fully like accepting anything you yeah. know what i mean like this is gonna get kind of weird here for a second but like <laughs> like a problem that i have some for the most part overcome now is like the concept if you really want to question everything yeah. you have to question like even when you make a decision on something oh yeah and then sure. that can steer you in a very uncertain yeah. path of being oh. like, I okay, like, uh, whenever I make a decision about anything that I feel, I like to look at both sides of whatever it is and try to come up with compelling arguments for both things and against both things, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. Because then I feel, for me, I can make a rational, fact-based, or whatever you want to call it, even if it's an emotional thing, yeah. a, a decision made with all the information that I have, right? Yeah, got to know the pros, got to know the cons. Right. But then when it's just speaking on like religion and stuff, it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know where I'm going with this shit, but no, it's just I mean, a lot of like... That's that's the rabbit you know, hole. Like yeah. that's a, that's the honest rabbit hole. Yeah, right. It, just, it does send you that way. And right. I think that like those crazy people who are obviously doing like harmful things in the name of it, I think like the phrase sheeple is is yeah. the example of kind of those people oh, but yeah. they they're they're sheeples in the way of like they they are dead set that the only way for them to not have to worry about this looming thing called death mm. um is that if they like break their back over and yell on the side of the street to make sure that god knows that they believe in God. Oh yeah, you know right. what I That's mean. What you're yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it's like they're they they're so heavily um, obsessed with mm. not having to, I think, prove that they deserve the afterlife, that they just go insane. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I mean, there's there's no other, you know, it's kind of like the God hates faggots sign. It's like dog. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna say that like. God hates faggots, and then you're gonna read scripture that's like "love your neighbor." Yeah, right, 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 right. It's ludicrous. Yeah, you don't ludicrous. You you can't see the 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 paradox. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely insane behavior, and there's no other way to justify it other than I have to do this for God, so that God knows that I believe in Him, and ultimately that is all to go to heaven. Right. Um, so that death does not become it's a lot hell or whatever <laughs> um, it's so much yeah. yeah no i see what you're saying though i never really thought about it like that before though like to to that it's like the easier way because to question everything like you said like i said like <laughs> it, it leads into like a lot of internal debate and whatnot yeah. but if you just say hey this is the answer then yeah you know you don't have to worry about all that you other don't shit. worry about it at all it's yeah. just like how do i show god that i deserve this after right right Sheesh. and then you do what you do from there yeah yeah. So I okay. guess to put a button on the religion subject, <laughs> so we can go into this for the, for the rest of the hour. Um, so you, you go to Georgia. Yeah. You start working as a custodian worker, a janitor, however you yeah. want to call it, at a school. Yeah. What was the school called? Oh, wow. What a great question that I'm forgetting. <laughs> really? How old are you now? Dude, I'm 23 now. Okay. So... Age is weird, man. Age is so weird, dude. Because, you know, I have a one-year-old. I, I yeah. feel like an old man every single yeah. day, and then I have to remember, oh, I'm 23. Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't remember what the school is called. 
That's actually kind of embarrassing. No worries, man. It's a yeah. school called a, the something yeah. school. It was a something school. The school that had all this uh, this giant impact on your life. Yeah. All good. But yeah, basically, I you know, as a janitor there, I would go and like hang out with the principal, like like you know, he'd be the only one there. Yeah. I'd also volunteer like their after school program, and so like I was just like doing shit and just trying to be there. Mm. Um, and yeah, kind of developing that passion. I was also learning about life. Yeah, like the the unsold, the untold, the often untold side of this journey was that I was just experiencing life for the first time. It's like UGA was mm. like in that town, like I was living in Athens, Georgia, and so like I didn't know anybody going into that town. So like the friends that I met, like the first friend that I met, Josh, who I'm like so super close with to this day, um, like he was like, uh, "Are you like the first time I met him uh, was at a Christian like." college thing mm-hmm. that the pastor who i was living with told me to go to to meet people yeah um and i met josh and it was like josh's like second time going yeah and josh told me hey are you going downtown like this weekend and i had no clue what the fuck that meant but i was like yeah i can yeah yeah dumbass me is thinking like lancaster downtown yeah right? right right so i'm thinking all these kids who are also like 18 19 are going to like cafes or something like yeah, that yeah um and then i'm on tinder yeah because uh, i've i've always been a tinder stan um and i was on tinder and like i was meeting these girls who were like oh you should meet us downtown i was like damn what happens downtown <laughs> yeah, right. you gotta remember i'm homeschooled yeah, i went to right. lancaster bible college yeah yeah, yeah. The, you're about the, to go out and rage for the first the, time the things aren't syncing up <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh yeah so i go downtown um you know i just go like i just yeah. go where they tell me to go right um and i'm watching like these like kids they look like they're like 16 like, yeah. getting in and out of bars right showing their id i'm like yo i walked around for at least 10 to 15 minutes just up and down the blocks yeah where all the bars were watching this happen and then finally i was like well there there has to be a trick to this right Because yeah. like i look older than some of these guys um and so i just I literally pulled a door. Like, I picked the bar that I knew I didn't want to go to. Yeah. I, I, I asked the doorman because <laughs> there was nobody there. It's like, hey, man, um, how do people. Get- <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not 21. How does this work? Yeah. I was like, I got to pick the one that I'm not going to go to yeah. because he, I know that he sees it. Like, yeah, right, I'm right. not the crazy one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked him and he says, oh, man, uh, you got to get like a tape over or like a fake or like yeah. some guys will take money. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, all right, didn't know what any of that means. Yeah. Um, but he said tape over. Yeah. I don't even know what a tape over is. Yeah. I'll get there. All okay. Right, yeah. So I ask another set of people cause I'm like, all right. So that wasn't helpful because yeah. I'm too naive for that conversation. Right. Right. Um, I said, another, and they say, Oh, get a tape over or honestly just be bold and show your ID. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So I asked him what a tape over is, and because uh, I'm less embarrassed now. Yeah. Um, and basically, a tape over is when you basically f- cut out um, the number that would make <laughs> you 21. <laughs> you put it over it. And you tape it over your Damn. ID. Um, Can't believe that works. Yeah, it does work in a town like that, though. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and so basically, um, I was building up some, some, you know, stamina. Yeah. And. I picked another bar that I thought, well, if I don't get in here, it won't be that bad. Yeah. And I walked up 
It was a black dude. I showed him my ID. Yeah. He looked down at I didn't do it. Just tape over. Yeah. Just, just, just like it, clearly not 21 clearly, on it. <laughs> 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 Actually, in Pennsylvania, it literally tells you under 21. Yeah, right, 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 right. right, right. Um, he looks up at me. He says, have a great night. And I just walk in. <laughs> and uh, uh, here we and the, this is the start. Like I get obliterated yeah, in this bar. Right. Um, this is your first time drinking? No, it's not my first time drinking. I yeah. like I was in the bad group in high school. Even homeschoolers okay. had some bad kids. Yeah. We drank. Yeah. Um, we did some fucked up shit, but it wasn't like this. Yeah. So I'm dancing with the girl. Like I, yeah. you know, I'm still too naive for a lot of this. And yeah. just this girl that I met on Tinder, she's like, "Oh, I'm out front. <laughs> they won't let me in." And I was like, "I go out there. I was like, I know this dude let me in." <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I asked him. I was like, "Bro, you know, can she get in?" Like, yeah. I'm not trying to say you let me in, but I'm like right. trying to be like, you know that I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you drawing yeah. this line, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, no, like, yeah. <laughs> And uh, he basically won't let her in. Yeah. So me, again, blackout drunk. Uh, not even, maybe not blackout, but close. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, she's just like, well, let's just go. And I just met this girl, known her on Tinder for like two minutes. Yeah, so yeah. I just go with this girl. Yeah. And again, this is the first experience of me doing this, right. which led to a long string of doing this. Right. But I just go with this girl. Yeah. We get in her car with her friend, and we just go. We pick up these other guys. Yeah. Uh, and we an just adventure. all end up at their house. Yeah, and I just wake up at this girl's house. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, that was a interesting experience right. for uh, me. Yeah, just not just just an experience. Right, uh, and it was just weird. Yeah. I was like, okay, so they uh, actually parked at the school because yeah. it was downtown. Oh, it's called Downtown Academy. I can't believe I forgot gotcha. that. Gotcha. It's called Downtown Academy. Gotcha. So this girl in the morning, she just takes me back to my car. Yeah, um, at the school. And I'm like, cool. And she was like, well, you're going out again tonight? And I was like, you guys do this twice in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, I'm not doing shit. So then yeah. we just run it back. I didn't hang out with that girl again. But yeah. Same yeah, shit. Yeah. Just same shit. Yeah. Dude, I just experienced this crazy shit. Like, first time I ever saw people doing drugs. Like, just mm. all this stuff was happening. It right all happened, like, like, in a very isolated amount of time. Yeah. Like, too. They we're talking about, like, six months. Yeah. I go from, like... Lancaster Bible College yeah. to like being offered Coke in a bar. And it's just like, Oof. whoa. Yeah. We're like living in this like really crazy yeah. uh time. And then there was this bar, it was called Hedges. It actually got closed down, mm. I heard. For what like a tragedy. Letting in like only like no, sixteen year olds and shit. That's not why you're gonna get in trouble <laughs> in Athens. They got shut down for I think a number of violations. I think actually people were getting uh this is actually bad, but I think people were getting abused, like people were getting like raped and stuff. Oh right? shit! Yeah. And so they actually got closed down. Yeah. Um, which for the story I'm about to tell you actually kind of makes sense. Okay. Um, basically, this was like the main bar that underage people would get into. Um, there was like there was there were bars that they would kind of label, and there was one called like a freshman bar that was mm. bourbon. It was known for all the freshmen to go to. Crazy. Um, and then. Hedges was right across the street, and that was like the dancing bar. That's where people gotcha. went to like, go party. Like the club or yeah, the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, and I remember the the door guys at Hedges would all the time be like, "Yo, this is the last time I'm letting you in with the shitty tape over." Yeah. Um, uh, but I just kept coming back. Yeah. Um, and uh, we went in, and dude, you and I have like even still to this day, no matter how many bars I've been to, I've never seen a bar where you walked in and you saw so many people making out. Mm. I, I mean. I probably shouldn't even be saying this on this podcast, but I probably made out with more people there than I can remember. It's like, it was just, it happens. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But it was just a long time ago. Yeah. It was just, it was so crazy to me, but it was just life. Yeah. I've never experienced anything like living there. Yeah. Um, But it was just like, 
eight corny 18 year olds right corny like 18 to like 23 year olds probably yeah. um drinking so, illegally drinking mostly maybe, illegal. maybe doing some ecstasy yeah just yeah. people were were wiling in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had one guy that I met there, and I'll never forget this. He just like I think I met this guy like twice. Uh, he walked up to me, he's like, "Man, Hedges is great, dude. It's just it's just virtual Tinder. It's yeah. like you just walk up to a girl, and you're either gonna start making out with her, or she's gonna push you away. Yeah. And like that's just how Hedges yeah. was. Right. Um, and I was like, wow, that dude did not lie. Yeah. Um, that's gnarly. It was just an, yeah. You know, you got to think about like the LBC Pre, thing pre-COVID too. Pre COVID too. Pre COVID, <laughs> the the build up to COVID. Yeah. Um, but that's that where COVID started in the makeout hut. Yeah. That was, no, uh, that was a like religious experience. Like right. I'm losing my religion. That was a, I'm learning about like real life, but like yeah. normal people outside of like a super Christian bubble are probably right. like living. Like, yeah are experiencing right and then i'm also trying to figure out who i am as a black guy right and i'm like cool we're just rocking these yeah. three big journeys that's a lot of things happening at the same time yeah i mean my initial thought is like how did you i guess it's just from a personal level like how'd you manage to not get sucked into the party world or did you i mean i would say i did man yeah. uh to be honest like i partied a lot living yeah. in athens um, I didn't like do anything. Like I didn't. I didn't do any drugs. I just wasn't that person. Right. Like I'm very pro weed. Um, but like I wasn't even there when I was living in Athens. Maybe like once or twice. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I was just literally like, uh, drinking and also just trying to like figure out like what is even going on around me. Right, I kind of thought right. it was like a concentrated thing. Yeah. Like maybe this only happens in this town. Right. Right. So right. I was like trying to like live it up. Um. And so, yeah, I was definitely a partier, probably more so than I can, like, probably, like, I remember, I talked to people, so I still hang out with, like, a decent bit of these people. Mm-hmm. Like, I was in Georgia in May, and I saw, like, uh, like two or three of my friends from Athens. Yeah. Um, And so, like, yeah, they would all be like, oh, yeah, you used to party really heavily. For me, I think I was just, like, spinning my wheels for the first time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of like what they say is, like, when you hide something, when you hide a world from kids or from anybody yeah right. and they get to experience suddenly and then they go kind of crazy and i definitely had that happen probably yeah. more so than i'm conscious of right, right um but yeah i party pretty heavily i mean i you know i don't still party super heavily but i mean i yeah. still party like i still yeah, hang yeah. out yeah um and uh yeah i definitely did get sucked in though that's yeah. a long way to answer that question no gotcha i'm just curious because i'm personally like i'm trying to think of like when i was 17 18 I'm on like the tail end of like madness. Yeah, exactly. Like my goal, like my, it's weird to say it as a goal, but I remember when I was maybe like 13 or 14, I heard that if you got arrested before you were 18, that it wasn't going to be that serious. So I was like, I'm going to do all the bad shit that I possibly wanted to and could do before I turned yeah. 18. But then when I was 18, I was already like very involved with a bunch of questionable things. Yeah. So that like kind of kept going yeah, for a little while say, you can't but you can't um, just like cold turkey no 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 but I, I i when you're explaining this or the visual of this club where everyone's making out i used to go um years ago i was uh, i'm 20 i'm 27 now i was probably like 19 yes. or 18 but i was djing Nice. And there was this uh, this club down in Philly that I'm not going to name that has also been shut down since for like tax purposes and shit. Nothing yeah. too crazy. 
but it was the same concept except for it was like everyone was on molly everyone Jeez. like everyone all, all uh. people including myself and everyone else we were all just like <laughs> eating ecstasy and like everyone was taking it was just like yeah. drugs really loud music and like people having sex everywhere and it was like i can see that like vividly in my mind of being like wow like this is gonna be fun you know, but now yeah. looking back at it, it, like scares the shit out of me. Oh yeah, you know it's I mean? a scary concept. Like yeah. when I think, like actually, even having kids now, like yeah. I have, you know, I have one son. Yeah, and I'm like, man, uh, the concept of him walking into that is scary for me. Because, yeah, like I feel like you know, me and you, we kind of lucked out, right? There's so many people who have tragic things happen. Oh to yeah, them, you know yeah. what I mean. And so, like you know, yeah, I don't know how I'm alive. Yeah, exactly. And right so. Now. You know, when I think back at it, like, I just think, like, damn, uh, we need to do better as yeah. a society. Yeah, because it's like like taking, like, like like you said earlier, like taking someone and being like, you can't see all these other things yeah. classically makes them want to go experience them yeah, more. exactly. Exposing kids to, to the party lifestyle and all that other shit earlier it's but it's all it's kind of debatable like i, I use the example at times like my, my mom from the serbian thing so like in europe yeah. they drink alcohol when they're young and it's like not a thing like yeah. they'll have like a little thing of vodka when they're like nine or some shit and it's yeah. like it's just normal so then when you get older and you're gonna go all the americans are like oh let's go rage we can finally go drink now yeah. where like a lot of the european kids are like yeah it's just what you're gonna have a beer like that's fine you know yeah. it's not there's no like taboo to it right <laughs> Yeah. So is is, is is what I'm not I'm not suggesting that we start getting kids drunk, but like, <laughs> but like there's got to be like a a solution yeah. that's different. I, well, I, I think know. it's you know it's probably a long. I mean, okay, I think we also need to look at this from a, you know, not to get too deep here, but it's a it's a little bit of a it's so it's a part of the uh, the capitalistic system. I would say mm. is how we are designed to consume alcohol, right? Yeah, because you got to think about it. There is no part of American drinking culture when you're 21 to, like, say, 25 at minimum mm. that isn't involved with, like, raging. Yeah, right, right. Right? It's almost like, it's almost like a definite. Yeah. Um, Kegs, keg stands. Yeah. Fucking beer well, bombs. Well, you got in college. But then also, liquor. like, yeah, think about, like, places like Telus on, like, a Friday or Saturday. Yeah. It's, like, the culture around drinking a lot of the yeah. times, especially when you're young, mm. is, like, we do this, we party, we fuck, and we go. Yeah. And it's, like, that is right in a there. Like, the fact that, like, our mindset has been so warped to believe that, like, that's just what we do when we turn 21. Yeah. Like there, therein lies the problem, right? And you got to think about who benefits from that problem, right? And so, like, everybody who gets excited and turns twenty one goes and buys a shit ton of alcohol, right? I bet you that's awesome for all the people who make liquor across the country. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like okay, cool. Like we're gonna make liquor for older people, but we also have these brands that we know, like one either people are buying for underage people yeah, or true. we know that as soon as they get 21, they're going to come and buy a shitload of this stuff because it's affordable right. and because we've made it so people are so excited to turn 21 right. so that they can party. Yeah, like nobody's going to like a upscale cocktail bar and having a, a, a hand-poured four loco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And so, like, like yeah. That's it's, like, that's like a, a, a alcoholic beverage. There's yeah. others like that, too, but that is, like, made to, like, you get fucked up, you know? Yeah. Especially back in the day when it actually had, like, caffeine in it. Exactly. Shit. 
Nobody makes that shit because yeah. they're like, man, I really hope people have fun drinking this. Yeah, or like, I hope you enjoy this, you know, single malt <laughs> scotch. Or, no, it's like you're you're slinging it back. I've, I talk about it all the time in the podcast, and to be honest with you, um, at the time that we were recording this, this past couple of days, I had a bit of an issue that happened the other day that was like a, 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 a mistakes were made in a long journey of trying to not make mistakes. And yeah. to be honest with you, I don't really know you at all. But the people that listen to the podcast that like to think know me a bit or whatever is like, I think, uh, I think I'm going to stop drinking alcohol. Yeah. I think that like, it's probably not the best, you know, like, um, I've had some great times and I've had some, some dangerous times, but recently, um, fuck it. I'll tell the story on the podcast. Like two days ago, I got real drunk here, um, and I was working and everything was groovy, but then like, it was like my evening off or whatever. And I met some guy outside, and he was interesting. And I was like, I'll hang out with you tonight. And, like, we went around and did all this weird shit. And I went to his house and, like, was, like, sitting in his, like, uh, apartment. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, where? And the guy was maybe or not, like, super mentally, like, on top of his shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. I just put myself in, like, an extremely dangerous scenario. Yeah. Where, like, this may not go well. You know what I mean? Like I was in my mind, I'm like, this will be an interesting conversation. I'll have with some random guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not understanding, like without all the super details about it. Like, um, I, I was, I put myself in an extremely dangerous scenario for literally nothing. Yeah. No reason at all. Then like got away from the scenario and was like scared about stuff and just started yeah. drinking more and then was like really drunk and was like, all right, cool. Now I'm like drunk as fuck and like all freaked out. Like, yeah and i'm like i own a business now and shit and like i can't like i fucking like what am i doing with my yeah, life yeah. you know what i mean but it's like i had this this feeling in the moment of being like yo i'm like a kid again i'm going on an adventure like who knows what's gonna happen like i could have gotten yeah. fucking killed like basically is how it went all down to yeah. it like this i'm not gonna get into the specifics of it but like it was a, it was a fucking really irresponsible decision and i got there from drinking right yeah you know i mean and like i don't know uh, like I, I treat this podcast like therapy sometimes, but like just bouncing ideas off of random people. No, but like, I, mean, I think I should probably fucking uh, button that shit up. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing this challenge right now <laughs> to stop drinking and to like do other stuff, like for mentality. And like, a part yeah. of it is not drinking. Yeah. It's called seventy five hard. Um, and like drinking, like I agree, like drinking for me has never led me anywhere that I feel like was productive. Um, I mean, I've had fun, but otherwise, yeah. that like. It's it's been some uh, things that have happened. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. Yeah, and I agree. It's like it. I think it never really brings out the best in a person. No. And uh, the best we are is not uh, is not drunk from alcohol. Alcohol also kills us. It's like yeah. it's a, you know it it does this thing. I think we get and I think it kind of goes back to like being twenty one or being young and drinking is always this cool thing, right? Yeah, right, because right. we're not introduced it because it's hyped up. Where we get to this stage in life where sometimes we become dependent on alcohol mm. because we spent, you know, let's just say maybe like 18 like I did or maybe you did um, at bars and then we're 22, 23 and it's just been like this. And yeah, so right, right. When is it supposed to necessarily stop? Um, and so like, yeah, it's one of the reasons that like I'm like, you know, I've tried like last year I didn't drink for a couple months and that was really nice um and now i'm doing it again like usually when i don't drink i never miss it right it's not mm. like it's like an alcoholism thing. right 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 it's like i you know it's just, it's just a part of our almost like culture again it's like yeah. 
You know, if I'm going to go out on a Friday night with my friends, even if I start at seven and end at two, chances are I've had like more alcohol than I needed to oh, have yeah, yeah, just yeah. because I'm there. Right, right. Um, and, that's and, that's my, my biggest struggle with it too. Sorry to yeah. cut you off. Just no, to you're agree fine. with you. It's, it's, it's like, it's not like I, I don't drink every day or whatever, yeah. but like when I go out, I go out. Yeah. Or when I drink, I drink. You know what I mean? And like that's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's almost not, it's hard not to when that is um, the environment as well. Yeah. And so, you know, there's certainly been nights where I've gone out and not drank, and those nights have been fine. But I think those nights have also reminded me that it's kind of hard to do that, right? Mm. You go out and everybody else is getting, like, drunk, and you realize, oh, we do have a shift in perception of a lot yeah. of things. Right, right, right. Um, and when we start drinking, and, um, yeah, I, I like not drinking personally. I'm glad that I'm doing this challenge. Um, it's It's to help a bunch of stuff in my life, but... Um, I do think not drinking is, is healthy and it makes you better and productive. I think it also makes you value alcohol a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started drinking again after taking my break, I think it took like maybe three or four months off. Um, I like when I first couple of times back drinking, it was like, cool. It was like not over the top. It was like, you know, I was just chilling and then the clubs opened back up mm. this summer. Right, right. And there and then, you know, we kind of lost it in a sense. It's like the culture yeah. regained. Right, right. It wasn't like we were just going out and having a couple of drinks, maybe getting a little bit tipsy and like, you know, hanging out um anymore. It was like, oh, bars are open, we're dancing, we're we're kind yeah. of doing this whole thing now. And it's also it's like everyone was like <laughs> including myself, and I don't want to speak on your behalf either, but it's like, you know, lockdown, shutdown, COVID, all the craziness, all the fucking fear that comes with that, also the ability to not do it. And then all of a sudden yeah. it's like it's like being twenty one again. It's like, oh, we can all yep. go out and do this again. But exactly. also like we're all really stressed out because like what just happened. Like, exactly. Let's go rage. Exactly. Yeah. People are like yeah. stressed for leaving at the same time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, that's, I think that's not even kind of tells back to our like kind of religion and life thing. It's like, Mm. this is those moments in life that are like really hard, I think, Mm. because to have those, I think a lot of people have those realizations that like me and you have had about alcohol, Mm. Um, maybe being in similar situations to yours, people probably been in situations similar to mine Um, and they have that realization. And then it's just like almost impossible for them to stop because of their environment or, Just because, like, you know, they just don't want to yet. Yeah. And uh, I think we need to create a lot better options for people who want to just be normal but have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And I don't think a lot of those mean, like, sober clubs. Mm. I think it just means, like, why are we putting this, like, really hard emphasis on alcohol in mm. our culture? Um, why does it seem like if I go to Telus on a Friday night, I almost have to be drunk to enjoy right. it? Well, I mean, um, maybe it's like a personal <laughs> thing, though, too. You know what I mean? It is to one degree, but I think also our our our, our nightlife and our bars are set up around the fact that you are going to be drunk. Oh yeah, and so it's also if, how they make like all their money. Yeah, exactly. You and know? so since it's set up like that, it's like you you kind of play this losing battle. Mm. Yes, you do need to have personal discipline. That is a part of it. But we should also ask ourselves in the grand scheme of things, it's like if we want people to be healthy and happy long term, mm. and we also know that alcohol is not going to do that, right? why would we not have better options for people who don't want to drink? <clears throat> and why shouldn't they be able to enjoy these same environments without feeling that immense pressure? Right. And maybe that is also a personal thing that we need to work on. 
Uh, but I also think it's an environmental thing. I do um, see that. It's yeah. a culture thing. If our culture reflects this, then it's just going to be what it is. Right. And so you almost have to upend that culture, and then you have to get into a what AA or we don't drink alcohol culture right. no, to kind of fix it. I mean, like um, like all the venues, all the thing, the concept yeah. of going to a club or going to uh, uh, it's all it's a bar. Yeah, it's the the base is the, the alcohol. Yeah, they go to bars. It's not yeah. like you know, I mean, obviously people go do other things, but like the just the general concept of we're going out tonight for a birthday, for a thing, or just because yeah. a, a celebration or not. And that's the other thing too is like with alcohol. Like I remember someone told me years ago, like they're like if you want to buy like a, a long term stock that we can always recommend. It's like <laughs> people drink when they're sad and people drink when they're happy. Yeah, exactly. We're always gonna. It's like it's, we're always gonna. You know it. what I mean? Right? Yeah. So people do that, and yeah, with like, what what would there be? Yeah, I mean, we need the weed clubs. Yeah, I do think we need weed clubs. I do think that, and I think it's becoming more and more acceptable. And I think in the next two to five years, we'll probably see them in Pennsylvania. I would love to go out to like a concert place that like it isn't that's just not the same. Yeah, you know what I mean, I actually think it would do wonders. We have for like our a chocolate culture. milk on tap. Yeah. No, but no, but <laughs> right, for real, I mean? like you like, got to think about it. It's like one of the the un, the things that I think we don't talk about when we're talking about legalization of like mm-hmm. marijuana is that like it will actually shift some of our nightlife heavily and most likely make it more chill. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting conversation mm-hmm. to have because not only is it a, a I think a great idea for people who whether whether they use marijuana or not, yeah. just people who might not want to rage over it every weekend. If clubs are having to add kind of like a spot, like a mm. chiller spot that's kind of meant for that, I think you're going to see more turnout in your nightlife, not only just from marijuana users, but just from people who like don't want to rage. Right, right. Like they're going to be like, oh, I know people are like smoking weed, but like, yeah, we don't really care because we just like the vibe, the music's good, right, and nobody's right. like bouncing off the wall or trying to like right. make out with me. Yeah. And like that's a revenue pusher. Yeah. That's definitely. not nothing. Definitely. It's also so, like advertising to a different age group, yeah. I think, too. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Like I always use example like the the distillery downstairs is like there's never really any like young kids there. Yeah. It's for a variety of different factors. One, it's kind of a hole in the wall. Two, like their <laughs> prices are not like it's not super cheap. It's all like yeah. craft cocktails and stuff. Yeah. food's good love it down there for me it's like awesome. i love all the guys down there but it's also and the girls and stuff but it's also like a huge temptation problem because i can just like walk downstairs <laughs> and get a glass of whiskey yeah you know what i mean and it's like good whiskey uh but that's like a personal problem yeah. you know what i mean exactly. um but the the vibe down there is like it's very chill yeah you know? exactly. it's very different um and that's like their their ages you know yeah. if we can try to get like younger kids to enjoy but it's it's like hard though because like you said yeah. you know what i mean it's like it's fresh for it's young fresh. people to go out there and they want to do all the fun stuff i yeah. i don't remember too many times being in like a like a speakeasy type of place and having it yeah. be full of like younger people, like having quiet <laughs> philosophical conversations and whatnot. Yeah. You know, it's mostly like older folks. Yeah, exactly. I don't um, know, man. Culture culture is a weird thing. Uh yeah. and what it instills in us and what it what it makes us. Uh yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um we kinda went all over the place we here. I, I wanted to talk to you more about the the activism, the stuff that you're involved with. Um all right, so like, what do you do yeah. during the day? 
<laughs> so uh i'm a startup founder now uh last the last thing i did was safe house lancaster with okay. kirsten gotcha uh, we founded that together and what's and that we, safe house lancaster was uh we helped with all the protests last summer okay so we did a lot of the protester safety stuff a lot of the training of the activist i'm um, just like managing kind of environmental stuff i guess you could say okay uh, making sure things kind of didn't go crazy i mean if they did being there to kind of clean it up okay um and so yeah we did safe house lancaster we we me and kirsten had you know a beautiful time building that but i think we both knew that what we wanted to accomplish through that uh, was better suited in a different person's hands Mm. and so that merged with ywca uh a couple months ago and that's been really cool to watch them to kind of develop out what we built um and have like the system and the teams and the money to actually accomplish it um, and so that's been really cool. And uh, Tess, who Tess Filer, I don't know if you know Tess, um, she was one of our employees at Safe House, and she is over there, uh, still running the programs that she ran at Safe House, which is dope. Um, and so now uh, I went to start a company called Identity. I've been working in Adopt for like the last three and a half years, okay. uh, mostly telling my story, like my story of like my family, and then helping other families like basically prepare how, on how to raise children of a different race. Um, a lot of bias training, a lot of culture training, uh, basically kind of hoping to not have kids kind of grow up the way that I did. Gotcha. Um, and kind of from that, I realized that there was like a much bigger issue in adoption and adoption education. And so I founded Identity this past May. And our, our mission at Identity is really to create adoption and foster care education that is accessible, diverse, and ethical. Um and we really plan to kind of transform the way people are educated about um, adoption and foster care. You know, there's a set of requirements that you have to go through before you adopt and foster. Okay. Um, you, you take like these classes um, so that you understand all the different challenges that come with it. Um, what we'd like to really do is make that an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the curriculum that people go through now is kind of like flip through, right? They're watching somebody give like a boring power present. PowerPoint presentation slide, or they have a social worker flipping through, you know, um, a huge paper curriculum, doing you know whatever activities with them. We'd like to really transform that mm. that education process gotcha. and make it really more thoughtful and meaningful, so that parents are ultimately better prepared. Gotcha. Right now, we just have a really big issue with that parents aren't getting the right equipping, and so we'd like to really equip parents better, and then we'd also like to support them. So the product that we have currently that's in beta. Um, it's called the learning community. It's an identity learning community. Um, and basically that is where parents can go for like any kind of resources. So mm. we're going to be adding like hair tutorials, skincare tutorials. Um, we're going to be doing some like cultural cooking stuff for families that have transracially adopted. Uh, we have webinars that happen every month. And then we're going to be bringing on like content creators to roll out content. Gotcha. Um, the goal is that it's basically the ultimate tool for anybody who is fostering or adopting. You don't have to go to Google anymore for your hard questions. You can basically pay five ninety nine a month, mm-hmm. and any question that you have, you can come onto this platform. You can also come on this platform to learn, um, and then it also has a community feature, so right. you can also come onto it to make friends. Gotcha. Um, or make posts, or you know, treat it however you want to treat it. Actually, gotcha. you can treat it as just like a research tool. You can treat it as like a, uh, kind of a social media. Right. Um, yeah. So that's what we're currently that's doing. Powerful man. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, it's definitely my passion. Uh, it's kind of like the culmination, I think, of all my activism work. Um, but yeah, I love it. Uh, we've gotten uh, some really good traction. So now we're kind of on the next phase, which is like raising money, raising capital, 
to kind of go after the total vision, which is like to really transform the process, right? Um, to create something really meaningful and thoughtful, um, and also something that has a really big impact. I'm really big on impact. I always have been. Um, I've never been one of those activists that's really cool with like just making an Instagram post. Mm, right. um, even if you look on my social media, I'm not really like super activisty on social media. I reshare stuff and I do stuff, but like my Instagram pages are full of like infographs. Like yeah. I, I just really believe in doing like meaningful work, mm. and I believe in work that actually impacts somebody's day. Yeah. So if we're gonna talk about homelessness, let's not talk about theories. Let's talk about ways to get people off the actual street. Gotcha. Um, and so I'm very big on that. I think there's necessary things on both sides, but I'm very much on that side to where I believe that if we're not changing somebody's reality, then we're kind of wasting a lot of time. Um, and so I always like to make sure that my work is actively changing somebody's reality. Um, and so, yeah, that's the base. I would say that's the basis of a lot of my work, and that's led to me creating Identity or Safe House or um, Editor Consulting, which was my consulting from the transracial adoption stuff. Um, or the my first nonprofit that I ever built, which was called Lancaster Together, which dissolved. Um, but they were all in hopes of actually changing the current uh, reality for somebody. Gotcha. Um, or getting people active. Gotcha. That's wild, man. Yeah, thanks, man. That's, that's it, all com- it all comes together. It all comes together. It all. It all. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It all uh, ties together, <clears throat> and now I'm just this 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 dad, this startup founder. Uh, this guy who's learning about you know tech and building stuff. Yeah. And, uh, How many people are on your team? Uh, right now we're up to, th- I guess we're up to four actually. Nice. Uh, which is dope. Um, and hopefully soon we'll do, uh, we'll add some more people to the team. James Duncan, who I know will be here at some point. Hell yeah. Uh, he's you know media consultant, so his company runs all of our media. James is a boss. Uh, couldn't really do this without James. James has been. Uh, not only a friend through the process, but also just, you know, a wicked smart guy um, when it comes to how we can make our content meaningful. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, then we have Christian, who's actually going to be my brother-in-law, oddly enough. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's actually really cool because uh, that's always interesting, right, working with family. Yeah, right, right. Um, but uh, he was been a story brand consultant, so we hired him to kind of help with our messaging, and he's done just a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Uh, it's been revolutionary for us building for us taking like what i told you like mm-hmm. about what we want to do right like he takes like i could go on and talk for an hour and he could sum it up into like five sentences yeah or like a good tagline right right, right. And, like just just that having somebody who can do that and make kind of like our outward facing look really portray the meaningfulness that we have internally uh, it's been phenomenal because I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and then we have Amir who's been shooting all of our vlogs. Uh, Amir was a safe house kid as well. Um, and Amir, yeah, he's been dope just helping us kind of capture the journey. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. So man. it's a fun little team. Hell yeah. Uh, lots of advisors, lots of cool people who are helping. But yeah, we're rocking and rolling, man. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I wanted to uh, I wanted to say thank you very much for, yeah. for sitting here and talking Absolutely. to me shooting the shit yeah dude it was dope um, loved it i wanted to roll out the the floor here where can the people find you any websites any social media stuff yeah. you want to promote and then when you're done with that um if you want to leave the people with uh anything yeah um yeah i mean you can find me on instagram at isaac underscore editor uh you can find me on facebook if you want to um yeah i have isaac if you feel like doing some deep research on me but yeah that's where you can find my work um not much to leave the people with other than like you know do shit that matters right 
and uh, do shit that matters to you, actually, more importantly, um, not to anybody else, you know? It's important to live into your truth. And so, yeah. Word. how it's just a conversation like you just kind of get carried in it yeah, yeah. yeah i appreciate you sharing like that yeah that was like really cool to i like how you like got vulnerable and like i just like the the authenticness of the conversation man it's just the real shit but like sometimes you don't like sometimes you get on podcasts and like sometimes i like code switch and i'm just like oh well like this is 